Well, I'm going to start off by asking you a question. Uh, have you ever uh, have you ever lost Have you ever lost anything Have you ever lost anything Any of you guys uh, go to bed and uh, Any of you guys watch TV You know you fall asleep with the TV on and the remotes in the blankets there and and you lose the remote You know what I mean Then you got to wake up kind of scrambling through Some of you guys do that You know anybody uh, yeah, Readers Readers Any of you guys where use readers uh, I should I don't uh, You have readers and and uh, you ever lose those and you're kind of walking around and then you find out they're on your head, right? Glasses wearers, you find out. And uh, the, if you have several pairs of readers and they're laying all over the house, you know, you can't find one, you don't care, you just go get a different one, right? And you put those on and, and uh, let's see, what else do you lose? You re, um, lose the remote, you, phone, phone people. You ever use the flashlight on your phone to go find your phone? Anybody? Anybody ever do that? Anybody want to admit to that? And uh, you ever lose your phone? Um, let's see here, what's else on? Um, uh, your keys, car keys, any car keys, you lose them, you lose them. And uh, so so you've lost something, right? You lost something. And uh, here's what we know. Uh, the more valuable the thing is that you have lost, uh, the more uh, you're going to work to get it back, to find it, right? The more valuable it is. Like I said, the readers, the readers, you can't find those, and so you just go grab another pair out of the thing, right? Uh, but sometimes, uh, you ever been driving down the road, and maybe you're a good 40 minutes from home, and you go, where's my phone? Where's my phone? And then you kind of have the this old panic anxiety thing, and you know you've got to turn around and you got to go get your phone, right? Because that's important. You leave the restaurant, it's like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? And uh, you ever leave the credit card? You ever leave the credit card at the restaurant and have to go back? And so you've lost something, right? Raise your hand if you've never lost anything. All right, see, I did it that way. That way, if nobody raises their hand, I don't really know if you're listening or not listening. I just know that I kind of feel good about asking. And so we've, lo- we've lost, and the more important, the more valuable that thing is, Right, the harder we will go after uh, finding it. So here's here's another question: Are you looking for God? Are you seeking Him? Are you looking for Him to be the director of your life? Are you looking? For God, there's a lot of verses in the Bible that talk about seeking or looking for God. Listen to uh, all of these verses. Matthew chapter seven, verse seven. Here's he's Jesus, and these are Jesus's words. He says, "Seek, and you will find." So go after pursuing God, right? Um, and God, He's communicating to the nation of Israel that uh, they're they're going to be making their way into the Promised Land. And here's what Deuteronomy uh, chapter four, verse twenty nine says: "says If you seek the Lord your God." You will find him if you look for him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. And so go after him. King David was the king and his son Solomon was going to become the next king. And so David is communicating some things to his son. And he has this to say in the book of First Chronicles chapter 28 verse 9. It says, if you seek him, so my son, you know, seek God, he will be found in you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. And listen to this. Uh, uh, Uzziah was the, was the king. Uzziah was the king, and and uh, God blessed Uzziah because he was seeking the God, uh, seeking a God. In Second Chronicles, it says uh, Uzziah was sixteen years old when he became king. Boy, doesn't that make you feel like an underachiever? And he reigned in Jerusalem for fifty-two years. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. David wrote in the book of Psalms, chapter 27, he says, 
My heart says to you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Book of Isaiah says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Jeremiah 29 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and then these things will be given to you as well. So go after God first and then you will find them. And so seeking God is clearly in scripture. Do you look for him? Are you seeking him? We all know what it is to lose something. When we lose something that's valuable, we go after it. When we lose something that we're really indifferent about, we really don't pursue it very hard. And so what does that tell us? Are you seeking? Do you seek God? That's a great question, right? Here's what we're seeking. We're all seeking something. Uh, We all want to have a certain level of respect in our life. Uh, We want to have a certain amount of love and want to have a certain amount of notoriety or respect or fame or uh, a younger generation would seek going viral. They would seek going viral. Uh, You know what that means to seek going viral? See, going viral. When a video goes viral and everybody all of a sudden it gets millions of clicks and people from all around the world are paying attention to what you are doing, even if it's doing something silly like falling off a skateboard and cracking your head, right? And so and people are looking for these likes and these clicks and looking for power or success or wealth, looking for things, looking for things, wanting something to make us feel better. And most times people are also looking for a shortcut. They're looking for a shortcut. You ever watch a TV show, uh, American Greed? Anybody ever seen American Greed on TV? Nobody. All right, here we go. You need to know that you are behind the times. That's what you need to know right now. Uh, American Greed is in its 15th season, so it's been around for a little while. And American Greed is a show on TV, and uh, it's just like, uh, it's kind of like a dateline, or it's kind of like a um, a forensic files, or the first 48, and so there's these kind of investigative shows. And American Greed it's all about uh, these uh, financial uh, uh, frauds that have taken place, about Ponzi schemes that people have invested in, and uh, get-rich-quick schemes that people have invested in. Nobody's seen this show. Uh, you guys, holy cow, sometimes I wonder who I'm talking to. And so uh, I must be living on a different planet. And uh, American Greed, and, uh, and they'll, they'll show these shows about uh, people that have embezzled money out of their company or out of the government or something like that. And it's always people looking to get rich rich quick, and they want to be famous, and they want to get rich, and so they're looking for a shortcut. Okay, um, here's one. Uh, any of you guys ever see, do you own a television? <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, have you ever seen on TV, have you ever seen on TV uh, commercials, uh, maybe late at night, for exercise equipment? Anybody? Oh, okay, here we go. And so you've seen commercials on TV for exercise equipment. And what's funny about this, have you seen this? There's one out there now, I think it's called the QB. It's called the QB. It's this tiny little uh, little uh, thing. It's kind of like a like bicycle thing. And some of you guys are, yeah, preach. You know, it's like, now I know what he's talking about. And so here we go. And so the little QB, you can just sit there and you listen to those advertisements for the QB. You know, it shows people sitting in the recliner and their feet are going like this, right? And uh, they're just shedding pounds, right? And they don't have to change their diet. They 
don't have to do anything else but sit in that chair and just kind of move your feet like this. And You know, all of your wildest dreams are going to come true if you get the QB. You've seen all those different exercise things that are out there. And, um, I don't know if you guys realize that here in the last couple of weeks, uh, it was junk day in the Port Byron area, you know? Everybody sets their trash out on the curb and you drive around. And, uh, you see, and guess how many extra, how many pieces, old, you know, bicycles and broken treadmills and how much of that exercise stuff that if you just buy this thing, you're going to start shedding pounds, right? That's all you got to do. Look at it. You don't have to change your diet. Just buy one of these and then they're all over the curb on the junk day, right? Have you seen that? Get quick, you know, rich quick, rich quick. Here's the thing. Listen to this. Uh, we want it uh, easy and we want it now. That's kind of what we're after. We want all of, we want to feel good about ourselves. We want, uh, you know, get rich. We want uh, healthy, happy, all those things. Maybe you can relate to this one. There, uh, there once upon a time, uh, there was a television show on. Very few people ever watched it. And so maybe, maybe if you kind of go off onto some of those more obscure channels, maybe you've heard of this one. It's called Gilligan's Island. Okay, good. Okay, two of you. All right. And so Gilligan's Island, maybe you remember there was a professor, uh, the professor on Gilligan's Island, right? And uh, I remember, just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a faithful ship that started... In this tropic? Oh, okay. And they were going out for this six-hour tour, right? Three, three hour two. Okay, good. All right, you are with me. Okay, here we go. And you remember the professor? The professor, the professor was a guy that could, he could make chocolate out of algae, right? Uh, he, he was a guy uh, that could make a car out of bamboo, but the dude couldn't fix a hole in a boat, right? He, right? Right? And so listen to this, listen to this. He could find everything but what mattered. Wow. Have you ever lost anything? Have you ever went looking for something? We're looking for things in the way that we feel all the time. And we'll pursue those things that have great value to us, won't we? Question. Ask yourself this question. Do I look for God? Do I look for Him? We should. We need to. The Bible tells us if we look for God, we will find Him. Last week, if you were here, it was Mother's Day. And uh, we talked about uh, a lady named Hannah that didn't have any children uh, from the book of 1 Samuel. And uh, according to when you read through 1 Samuel, you know that she was barren and that she was, uh, she'd go to the temple and Eli was the prophet and saw her and she was moving her lips as she was in the, in the, uh, in the temple. And she was just kind of, you could see her, she was praying in her mind and she was moving her lips. Eli the prophet goes up to her and he says, uh, literally, he says, you, you, you know, he says, put away your wine, woman. You need to quit. You're drunk. He says, go home. And she says, no, I'm not. She says, I'm praying to the Lord because I, I want, I'm, I'm heartbroken. People are teasing me because I don't have any kids. And she prays to the Lord. And then uh, Eli says to her, you're going to have a child. You're going to have a child. And when you read through that passage of Scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 1 there, uh, you learn that she went from being distraught to not being distraught in an instant 
because she believed that God was going to change her circumstances and her surroundings and that no longer did she have to go looking for this thing that was going to make her happy from God because God had already promised it to her. Listen to the book of Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. So how far do you have to go to find him? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Listen, the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Have you ever lost anything? You ever scrambled around trying to find it? Are you looking for God? Are you searching for Him? Are you looking for Him? Do you want to have a more God-centered life? Yeah, look for God. Do you want to have a more God-centered marriage? You got to look for God. You got to pursue Him. You want to have a more God-centered work environment? You have to draw near and be close to, get attached to, and learn from, and fill your heart, and fill your mind, fill your spirit with the things of God. Amen? So do that. Do that. Do that. How does one go about doing that? Do this. Write this down. What do we do? What do we do? Write this down. Seek Christ by listening to Scripture. Seek Christ by listening to Scripture. That's how you draw in to God. You pour His Word into your heart. I've told you guys many times, I uh, I like to listen to Scripture. Uh, there's times at, at breakfast time, I just flip open uh, YouTube on my laptop, and uh, you go to YouTube, and you type in any book of the Bible, put audio, any book of the Bible, and you can listen to it. You can even advance the speed if it's coming at you too slow. Uh, I enjoy listening to Scripture. Uh, just yesterday, I was driving back from uh, Des Moines and uh, uh, in the car for about three hours, and so for an hour and a half, I just uh, uh, went to my phone, and uh, I went to uh, uh, version and the Bible, and went to Second uh, Kings, and listened to the first 14 chapters of, and uh, crazy stories in there, man, all right? Do you remember you remember some of the things that take place in Second in Kings, and just reminded of them just yesterday as I'm driving, and uh, remember that uh, uh, Elijah uh, was the prophet, but then Elijah, uh, he gets uh, on a chariot of fire, and goes up, and turns over the keys to Elisha, and man, that's crazy stuff. And then the greatest chapter in the entire book of the Bible is 2 Kings chapter 2. Remember, uh, there was a group of teenagers that started to tease Elijah, Elisha uh, because he was bald. They started to tease him because he was bald. And then maybe you remember that the great prophet Elisha calls bears out of the woods and they go and maul all of the teenagers because God knows that his his most valuable prophets are bald, right? And, and oh, maybe not that. Uh, but okay, okay. But um, 
And so I was just reminded of that as I was going down the road yesterday. But you listen to the, you listen to scripture and you pour it in. Man, you go through the, uh, the book there and you're reminded again about God wants us to crush and stomp out and kill and destroy everything that is evil and that is against him. But he wants us to draw near to him. And so you just fill yourself up with scripture when you listen to it. You listen to it. You listen to it. You pour it into, it reminds us. Here's Isaiah chapter 55 verse 3. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find life. Listen. We're a busy people, and uh, we find all kinds of excuses. Uh, we're, we, we've got a personal agenda, and we've got goals in our life, and there's things that we want to achieve, and we have certain things that we want to reach, and, and, and we, so we go uh, through life at a frantic pace, uh, trying to accomplish everything that is on our agenda, and we like to go into church, and we like to hear a good sermon, and then we want to get right back to our agenda. Are we looking for God? What is your agenda? Is it possible that your entire agenda is running from God? David tells us in the book Psalms, he says, as the deer panteth for the water, right? So we've seen deer go sprinting, they get spooked and they run. So deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. There's just an image there of this deer panting and going after the water. And does, do we look for God that way? And so we do well to pour scripture into our life so that we would be near to God. Then do this, write this down. Seek God in fasting. Seek God in fasting. We don't like that one. Maybe you remember, maybe you remember the uh, Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus, he starts several of these paragraphs in the same way. Uh, you know, he says, and when you pray, uh, there's sort of an assumption there that we pray. And he teaches about praying. And, and he says, and when you give, there's sort of an assumption that when you give, and he goes on to teach about uh, giving. And then he also says in the sermon, he says, and when you fast, and so there's this assumption that we must be a people that engages in fasting. What is fasting? Fasting is denying uh, yourself something. It's denying uh, yourself. And so you would, uh, maybe you deny yourself a meal, right? You deny, you, so uh, you kind of put into this longing for you. And we know that and we understand that. We know that and we understand it. Because there are times in our life when things happen uh, we, uh, to us uh, that draw us near God, right? Several years ago, I went skydiving. And, uh, you know, if you ever go skydiving, you know, uh, you're going you're to be jumping out of an airplane, right? And uh, that's probably never a good idea, right? But, you know, hopefully you got the parachute with you, right? And so, but when you do something like that, uh, you start to begin to think, huh, well, what if this doesn't go well? And then you draw near to God. Uh, my wife and I do that. Literally, we do that uh, whenever we go on vacation. We like to travel. We've been, you know, out of the country several times, and we like to do that. And so, uh, before we're going to be leaving the country, we like to get our house in order, right? I mean, we, we clean up the house, get that ready, uh, literally, but we also like to, you know, we kind of tell the kids, this is where kind of some of the insurance documents are, and, you know, this is where the will's at, you know, and so you can find that stuff, because in case anything happens to us, you want to have your house in order, right? Anybody ever 
ever have a surgery uh, and you, you get the, the pre-surgery uh, con- consult that you do and the doctor sits there and he, he tells, oh yeah, it's pretty, you know, some procedure. We do these things all the time, but you need to understand the risks, you know, and the risks are you could be paralyzed. The risks are, uh, you know, you probably won't live through the thing. You know, uh, statistically, there is a chance that you will die during uh, your surgery. It's like, doc, it's a hangnail, right? But they have to tell you all of the things. They have to tell you and inform you and then you start to process all of that information and when you put yourself in these situations all of a sudden uh, there are times in which there are times in which we begin to draw closer to God because uh, we're a little bit scared we're a little bit concerned right those things happen to us that's what fasting is that's what fast fasting is forcing these situations onto your life let's see So, fasting. Um, I just want to say this about fasting. <clears throat> uh, we know what it is. Um, uh, we know what it is at one end if we're going to engage in a behavior, right? Uh, we're going to skydive or, you know, we're going to enter into something. And uh, at, uh, But then there's sometimes that's brought on us in a different way um, when we find ourselves on our knees. Uh, maybe the phone rings and you have a loved one that is all of a sudden in a tragic crisis situation, right? And uh, when all of a sudden you are kind of doing your life and doing your agenda and the phone rings and all of a sudden there's a tragic crisis situation, those are times that all of a sudden our kind of direct in life kind of snaps and changes, right? And all of a sudden we humble ourselves and we pray a lot more and we're concerned about things. That's what fasting is. That's what fasting is. Excuse me. Fasting is this idea that I am going to put myself into a situation where I, uh, I'm going to think more about God. Uh, and so uh, uh, fasting is the idea that uh, if I told everybody today you have to skip lunch, don't get to eat lunch today, you know, that would make you uncomfortable. It's like, I don't want to skip lunch. But then, okay, maybe not. But then if you were to say uh, a day this week, I am going to skip lunch. And I know that's going to make me uncomfortable. And so picture, picture you get the phone call and uh, one of your siblings is somewhere and they've just been in a tragic uh, car wreck and then their life is hanging on by a thread, right? All of a sudden you would be very uncomfortable and you'd be very focused on God and you would play, uh, you'd pray fervently, fervently, right? Uh, so uh, sort of skipping the meal is kind of taking that same idea. Uh, on Tuesday, no lunch. And I know it's going to be uncomfortable. I don't want that kind of phone call uncomfortable, but I know it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's going to force me, every time I feel this discomfort, I'm going to say, God, uh, you can take me through this. I want to be closer to you. I, I want to, I'm looking for you, God. I look, I look for a lot of unimportant things. Where's the remote control? Somewhere down on the couch. I look for things all the time. I know what, it, but now I'm taking this time to seek you. I'm looking for you. And so maybe maybe you just skip uh, one meal. Maybe you go an entire day without any food uh, whatsoever and you just drink water. Maybe you go three days and you just say, I'm going to have only, you know, juice only for three days and I'm just going to put myself into this difficult situation. Um, when I think about fasting, I don't do it as much as I should. And uh, when I think about it, and when I force myself to stand up here and talk about it, 
and, and whenever I'm preaching a sermon to you, um, there's some dope that sits in the office back over there that's got to listen to this nut job preacher and pound the thing into his head uh, for several days before the, that's me. And, um, uh, and, uh, and so I think about these things and say, Steve, I'm the guy. And so uh, I'm, I'm going to do that this week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast this week because I believe that it's important. And um, I enjoy seeking God. I want to be close to Him. But Jesus says, and when you fast, it's like, huh, yeah. Put some of my agenda aside to be in a place where I draw near to God. And so what to do? Uh, seek Christ by listening to Scripture and pouring Scripture into your life. Seek God in fasting. And then do this. Surround yourself with God-seeking people. Surround yourself with God-seeking people. One thing. If you do not bring people into your life that are seeking God... I'm going to repeat that. If you do not bring people into your life that are seeking God by default, you are surrounding yourself with people who are not seeking God. And so, spend time intentionally with people that will help you seek God. Amen? In conclusion, I think there's going to be a couple of lines. I put these two lines up here on the screen. And um, now I'm going to do uh, everything I can right now to give one of these lines a tremendous amount of value. Put the zeros up there. Boom. Now, how much value did this line just gain? Nothing, right? Absolutely nothing. It's it's nothingness right now, okay? Um, And now let's uh, add a one over here to the... uh, uh, And so... Now, how much value did we add to it? How much is it worth right now? One cent. One cent, Bev says. It's, is it less than one? Is it one? It's at the most one, right? And so you got all these zeros that are absolutely useless, and there's a one there, and those zeros are, are doing nothing for the cause of the one, right? Now flip that thing. One more time. Kaching. Whole lot of zeros, but the location of the one can add tremendous value. A whole lot of zeros, but the location of the one is what gives it value. There's a whole lot of nothing. But the location of the one gives the value. And so when we pursue and seek God, and we say, He will be at the front of my life and not at the back of my life, seek first the kingdom and all these other things will be added to you as well. So this week, for the third time, when you're wondering where my phone or my remote or my keys are, and you think about, I'm seeking, take time to seek God. Amen? I don't know 
where you are on your journey as you seek God. But God is good, and He loves you. He is interested in you. He wants you to look for Him, and He wants you to identify Him as your Lord and your Savior, and He wants you to be baptized into Him that you would lower yourself into a watery grave and say, I want to be raised again to live a new way where Jesus is my number one. Amen? If you've never done that, I'd like to have a conversation with you. If you have done that, then today when you're sitting around with some friends, draw a little line on a napkin, put some zeros on there, say, what's that worth? Put a little one at the end of those zeros, say, what's that worth? Say, you want to know how you can have true value? You move the location of the one. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ who died on the cross to forgive us of our sins. Thank you for the grace and the patience that you extend to us. Father, help us to be motivated to look for you. We ask in Jesus' name.